You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, and student alumni as they offer insight on issues of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. Do you ever take the time to stop and stare at the sun? Well, I hope not. But if you decide to, I suggest a particular date and location. Because if you haven't been informed, a total solar eclipse is upon us. On this episode of Bear in Mind, we talk with Dr. Charles Kewen, Assistant Professor of Astronomy, to learn more about this special event and how his students are contributing to science. I'll let Dr. Kewen take it from here. I guess just some basic background on this. So August 21st this year, it's uh, Monday, and in fact for UNC it's the first day of uh, school. And I think actually for a lot of the schools in the state it's the first day of school. But August 21st this year will there will be a total solar eclipse um, visible in parts of the U.S. And this is kind of a big deal because it's the first time we've had a total solar eclipse visible in the continental U.S. since 1979. And that one really only barely clipped the U.S. So it kind of went through a bit of, of Washington, northern Idaho, Montana, but was mostly actually in Canada. So this, is, this one is different in that it actually goes all the way across the U.S. It's the, this path of totality, where the path essentially where you can see a total eclipse, starts in Oregon, in Salem, and cuts across the U.S. kind of diagonally, and ends uh, in Charleston in South Carolina. Uh, and this is a big deal because it's visible through for a lot of the U.S. And in fact, we haven't had a total solar eclipse visible all the way across the U.S. in 99 years. So it's been a very long time since we've had this. Yeah, wow. Uh, so, it's kinda, so it's a very big deal for it. And now, as I said, the total solar eclipse, uh, where you actually will see the moon block all of the sun, is only visible in this narrow path about 70 miles wide cutting across the U.S. For everyone else in the U.S., you're going to see what's known as a partial solar eclipse, where the moon blocks part of the sun. It kind of looks like it takes a big bite out of the sun uh, for it. And how much of it, it blocks, how big that bite will be, will depend kind of where you are in the U.S. Uh, here in Colorado, unfortunately, we aren't going to get the total solar eclipse. Uh, Wyoming will, parts of Wyoming will, we just miss it. Now, however, we will get a partial eclipse, a very good partial eclipse, actually. Um, for example, in northern Colorado, Loveland, Greeley, Fort Collins, that area, we're looking about 95% of the sun will actually be covered at, at the peak of this event. Uh, so this is a really a great opportunity for people to see something that they don't see all that often. It's a very cool, very relatively rare uh, celestial event, um, and it's been a very long time since we've had one visible in the U.S., um, as a total eclipse. Now we've had partial eclipses visible in the U.S. and some people probably remember that there was a, um, for example, that we had a partial eclipse in Colorado um, back in 2014, but that only covered a little less than half the sun. So this is going to be twice as good as that one, kind of in terms of just how much of the sun you actually block. Do you need any sort of equipment to actually look at this? That's a great question, yes. Um, now it's a common myth that eclipses are dangerous. Um, People think, I don't know whether this comes from old superstitions, just random uh, misinformation you can find online, but there are lots of myths out there that you can get dangerous radiation, things like this during solar eclipses. Absolutely not true. 
There's no special eclipse radiation or eclipse rays or anything like this that actually happened during this. The light that you would see during a solar eclipse is the same light you always get from the sun. It's just the moon blocks some of it so you get less of it. So no superpowers. No superpowers. Nothing like that, yeah. Um, however, as long as you can still see part of the sun, you need to take precautions just like you would on any day. Any t if I just go outside on a regular day, I look up at the sun, I'm going to damage my eyes because of just how bright the sun is. It's, it's too bright to look at for any, any real length of time. It causes eye damage. And it's so bright that even if I block most of it with the moon, but as long as there's a bit of the sun left, it's actually still bright enough to cause eye damage. Mm. So you should not actually go out and look at this naked eye uh, for it. And that's where the eclipses get dangerous is on a normal day, I have very little reason to go out and stare at the sun. Yeah. It, it, you tr even try, most people know, and it kind of hurts pretty quickly and you quickly look away. During an eclipse, you actually want to stare at it. So that's where danger comes in. So you should definitely actually observe it, but you need to do so safely. There's two basic ways for the average person to do so. The first and the best uh, way to do it is get a pair of eclipse glasses. Now these are special glasses that kind of look like uh, potentially those 3D movie glasses. You see the little cardboard frames with lenses in it. But instead of clear plastic lenses, they have these very dark, almost black or metallic looking lenses in those place. And those lenses are actually either a aluminum coated plastic or a special polymer that's designed to block 99.9% .9 of the light from the sun. Because that's how much you actually have to block to be able to observe it safely. For it. You can get these in a number of places. You can order them online. Uh, we will have some here at UNC um, on, available on the day of the eclipse uh, outside, of the, uh, outside of the Missioner Library uh, for people. Uh, we will also um, have several of the local High Plains libraries will be uh, hosting talks um, about the eclipse in August. You can pick up glasses there. And if you're outside of northern Colorado, talk to your local library, check with your local universities, um, city rec centers, things like this. A lot of them will have eclipse glasses available for you. And I say, and this is really the best way to do it because you can, once you put these on, you can actually look at the sun. You can actually watch what's happening there. And in fact, you can use them on a normal day. If you want to go outside, look at the sun. And that can actually be kind of cool because on a normal day, you can see things like sunspots, things like that potentially on it with them. So they're safe to use at any time. One note I will say is they look like sunglasses. They are not. Do not use sunglasses for the eclipse. Sunglasses are not, do not block nearly enough light for, uh, for this to be done safely. So no sunglasses, get a pair of eclipse glasses. Get the special kind. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, now if you can't get a pair of eclipse glasses, the next best way to do it is to make what's known as a pinhole viewer or a pinhole camera kind of thing. And there's various ways you can do it. Some people use, use boxes and all sorts of fancy things. And you can find lots of instructions online for this. But really the simplest way to do this is take two sheets of paper, preferably light colored paper, light colored or kind of grayish paper will be well, but really anything. Put one sheet on the ground, take the other one, poke a very small hole in it, line that hole with the sun and it should cat and it'll essentially cast a image of the sun on that sheet of paper on the ground. And you can then turn, look at the paper on the ground and watch this happening. So that's kind of the low tech, easy way to do it if uh, you can't get a pair of clips glasses. That, that's what MacGyver would do if, if you right. wanted to look at it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so it's my understanding that you have some students that are doing some research in regards to this special time? Yes. Um, so 
we have students here at UNC who are part of what's known as Colorado Space Grant. And Colorado Space Grant is essentially this NASA-funded initiative to get undergrads involved in research, uh, especially things related to the stuff NASA works on. Um, so rockets, space, the atmosphere, all these kind of things um, that they work on. And there's um, probably about 15 universities or colleges in Colorado that are part of this, ranging from Boulder, CSU, UNC, uh, down to things like Ames, Mines, uh, stuff like that. So we ha it's kind of all around. And one of the things NASA, through this space grant thing, is doing for this eclipse is launching a series of high-altitude balloons, kind of like weather balloons, things like this. They go up to, you know, that, that go up to 100,000, 150,000 feet above the Earth. Um, in order to take observations. And this is kind of cool because one, this is re has been rel has never really been done during a total solar eclipse. They, it was done once during a 2012 eclipse in Australia, but it's still a rather new thing. Uh, one of the th goals for these uh, balloons is they will take live video and pictures that can then be streamed so people can actually watch this eclipse from you know, well above the Earth. Uh, for it, and so our students have been helping with this, helping build the cameras for one of these balloons for it. Uh, there's also room on these balloons to, to fly up instruments for experiments, things like this. So our students here at UNC have built a muon detector, and a muon is a, is a type of high-energy uh, particle uh, that's created in our atmosphere when uh, cosmic rays, other high-energy particles come in from space, they hit our atmosphere, they create a whole big cascade of other smaller particles. Uh, so our students built one of these muon detectors. They had to design it, uh, build, um, uh, build the actual apparatus, do the programming for the detectors, all these things. And they're going to fly it during the, the solar eclipse uh, to count how many muons we get. We're also going to be flying it again on other high-altitude balloons, not during the eclipse, in order to try to see how many of these particles can be attributed to the sun. So if we fly one of these balloons on a normal day, we get, you know, uh, we'll get these things that are created when, due to things from the sun and from space. We fly during a solar eclipse in that path where the sun is blocked. We lose the sun, and we get, every, but we still get everything else. So we can kind of see how much of how many of these muons are responsible, or sorry, we can kind of see how many of these muons are due to things from the sun. You get to see the differences between kind of like a pretest and post, -test, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, what if it's a cloudy day? Will, will these weather balloons be, still be able to hit above the clouds? Uh, and actually, yes. Uh, so that's one of the nice advantages of these weather balloons is okay. weather is always an issue with, uh, with anything uh, in astronomy, yeah. anything that you're trying to watch. If it's cloudy, you can't see through those and we're kind of stuck. Fortunately, these, these balloons fly above the clouds. So, they're, so even if it's cloudy that day, uh, on the day of the eclipse, we're still going to be able to get, uh, to get our readings. We're still going to be able to get this video um, of the eclipse and actually being able to see the shadow of the moon kind of moving across the uh, ground, or in this case, the clouds below it. So that's kind of a nice thing that we can still get something out of it even if it's cloudy. Because that is the unfortunate uh, thing that if it's cloudy where you are, you just won't be able to see the eclipse. Yeah. Now fortunately, this does happen in the morning out here. It'll uh, actually peak around uh, um, 1045 a.m., which in August is normally pretty clear out in the western U.S. If it was in the afternoon, we'd have to worry about those thunderstorms, as we all know, uh, coming across the Rockies. But in the mornings, normally tend to be pretty clear.